Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. Life Group Leaders, we're so grateful for the training that we had uh, this uh, afternoon after our services and grateful for this uh, idea of, of building a culture through values and, and behaviors. And I just pray that uh, as we continue working together that we can help create a healthy culture here, a biblical culture at Compass, as we make disciples of Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And so I just pray that as we uh, even do this Life Group Leader podcast, that it's helpful for you guys in the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Well, Pastor Evan, we're in the series sermon, or Summer on the Mount, and uh, we did a part two on prayer, which uh, just happens to be the model prayer that Christ gives us uh, there in Matthew 6, starting in verse 9. Would you like to read that for us? It would be my pleasure. Matthew 9, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but uh, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. All right, well, Pastor Hayden, what was your main point from Jesus' prayer that we're very familiar with? Yeah, the, the main focus was uh, the effective prayer of, uh, of a saint, of the Christian, is one who keeps God's economy at the forefront of their prayers. And simply as we look at the, the text, it's, it's plain and clear that Christ says, here's how you pray. You need to think about Having, you need to think about God properly. You have to have a high view of God as you think about God being our Father who is in heaven. He's transcendent, but yet he is uh, familial. Like He is our, our, our paternal caregiver, but also the God of the universe, that he's holy, uh, that we are praying for his kingdom to come, Maranatha, as we get from the Greek, uh, to say, Lord Jesus, come. Uh, that kingdom uh, that we are expecting Christ to inaugurate at his return is the thing that we are praying for in our regular prayers. And that and, and everything, both eschatological and even in, in the daily uh, realities of my life, that I'm praying for the will of God to be done. And I want to, as I'm praying for the will of God to be done, much like the, uh, the, the uh, uh, synoptic uh, gospel, I believe in uh, Luke, and maybe Matthew as well, that says, you know, we need to pray for uh, the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest and because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Uh, and then after they pray that prayer, Jesus sends them out two by two. And so as we're praying for the will of God to be done, we must need to know it so that we too can do the will of God. Uh, and then the point two about praying for our daily provision is re- realizing that we have daily needs, both in our sustenance and the forgiveness that we need from God uh, to maintain that uh, I always say the intimate relationship that we have with God, not that we're necessarily there praying for any justification, uh, but we're praying for our lives to be in uh, line uh, with God's will, that the fellowship that we have with our Father would not be broken, and that we would live in a constant uh, union, uh, blessed union with God, that we would be in line with His will it would be all for his glory and, and for our good. And then that deliverance there is from that uh, there in verse uh, 12 uh, that 
uh, sorry, verse 13 that says, hey, we're going to be tempted to sin and tempted to forego the will of God and thinking about the kingdom of God. And uh, we're both going to have the schemes of Satan and the desires of our own flesh competing uh, w- uh, with uh, the will of God. And if we're not careful, we're going to be we're going to fall into the uh, the lure and the entrapment of our flesh and the schemes of Satan. And uh, it's going to keep us from doing the will of God. And so we want to pray every day for daily deliverance that we'd be able to live holy, righteous lives in line with the will of God. All right. Well, Pastor Hayden, uh, just thinking of some questions based on the sermon that might be helpful for our life group leaders. Um, something you, you fleshed out in the first part of your sermon on God the Father. What is the proper way to view God as our Father while holding his transcendence and his familial closeness? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the reality that those two things uh, run parallel to the, in the Christian faith to say that God is transcendent, that he is enthroned. But he is also, at the same time, called our Father. And uh, as long as we're not gonna, as long as we're gonna look at both of those rightly uh, in the Christian faith, because I mean, for that, this idea that think about the Christian faith compared to the the Muslim faith, this idea that you would call God your Father would be heresy to them. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know many uh, many faiths or many re- religions that would uh, talk about God as our, our Father. I don't think there is any. I mean, Mother Nature, I guess, with pantheism, uh, but not in any real uh, imminent reality of of God being uh, a familial uh, uh, person in in this personhood to the the Christian. And so God being our Father is this idea that we're both going to understand God in the biblical context of the God overall creation and overall the universe where he is enthroned in the heavens and the earth is his footstool, but still recognizing God as the father who cares for his children are, are two realities that we ought not to remove. Uh, we ought not to minimize in any way that we both should look at those two things uh, equally clear in our prayer life and in our life as Christians. I can see this coming up potentially in our life groups, but how can we help our life group understand what the kingdom mindset in prayer looks like. For example, we might have people in our life group asking, hey, praying for a new job. You know, how do we pray in a kingdom mindset with that type of prayer request? Well, I think prayer for a new job is a provision, our daily bread, right? I don't think it's it's not just talking about bread there. It's not just talking about a loaf of bread, right? It's talking about, hey, I have provisions. I have things that I need. Like I have, I need, like even as we see uh, later on, in Matthew chapter six, where it we talk about uh, not being anxious in uh, Matthew six, starting verse twenty-five, and it says, "Hey, there's this reality that you have these things, you have these needs, and uh, uh, whether it's uh, there is uh, let's let's read." Uh, uh, I'm just looking here in the text. I mean, it's obviously talking about clothing. Uh, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you will wear. I mean, these are daily provisions. And you know what gives you those things in a practical way? A job, working. And so, yeah, I think it's in the kingdom. I think it's in the, the kingdom will of God to say, get a get a job that's going to provide for the needs you have. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, uh, to answer that question simply, it's like, yeah, I think praying for a new job can be, is done, it can be done in a kingdom mindset when it's saying, hey, I want this job to provide for my needs. Now, if I'm 
I, I don't. I guess there are ways to pray wrongly for a new job, but I don't think praying for a job is outside the provision point that God has for daily sustenance. And then how can we? Because that, that is the way that I think we all should pray for jobs. That is a kingdom mindset mm-hmm. worldview. So then, how as life group leaders can we can convey that to help them? Kind of another question is how can we help our life groups discern what their needs are versus here's this is the luxury and want that you're asking i think that's the the wonderful uh part that this prayer plays in our life is you know what is god's will well in your life it's daily sustenance daily forgiveness and daily deliverance like outside of that you know what's necessary for you and the real answer is not, nothing. nothing i mean nothing and so we need to ask ourselves and and i know like i get it so so we shouldn't go on vacation oh, we're not talking about that so i shouldn't make a lot of money we're not talking about that the bible gives us answers like hey for those who are, who are rich they need to be rich in, in generosity there's not i mean we have people in the bible who are very wealthy people now what you do with that wealth that's 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 the sin or the righteousness right part of that uh, that does mean I can't go on vacation. It doesn't mean you can't go on vacation. Uh, it just means what are you praying for, right? I mean, is life about the vacation? I mean, am I working to go on vacation, or am I working for the kingdom and the will of God? Uh, what is the vacation for? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I mean, is it is it for me to to ha- to have a respite so that I I can. Uh, can, can get my family and set us a time aside so we can invest in one another and have some rest so we can we can get back and, and be living. And not that we don't live for the kingdom of God in our rest, because we ought to, but it's it's for the purpose of uh, getting back into uh, patterns of, of living for the kingdom, even at our work. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's a good that's a good question, and that's a good point you make. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, where I don't even know the luxuries versus wants. Yeah, I mean, I think the luxuries are easy. You've got to ask yourself: Am I am I seeking the world's goods or the goods of the kingdom? There's a there's a, I guess a, a good question to differentiate what you're asking for versus needs or wants. Mm-hmm. Now, I have you know, probably one maybe time for maybe one more question. It's kind of dealing with the forgiveness in the Lord's prayer. You have verses fourteen and fifteen that just stand out. Kind of like a, I don't say a sore thumb, but to maybe us Western readers go, this seems kind of added on, but forgiveness is such a big deal in the Lord's Prayer. And I guess the simple question is, why is forgiveness such a big deal in the Lord's Prayer? I said it in the 11 as I started talking about uh, these couple of texts there uh, in 14 and 15 about forgiveness. And it's really, I believe, linked to the communal aspect of this prayer. In verse 9, when it says, Our Father, uh, it, it's, that's a communal prayer. It's not singular. It's talking about us as a church body. Uh, and all of it actually give us this day, lead us. It's all about us, 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 us as a community. Um, and I love even in 12, it says, Forgive us our debt as we also forgive our debtors. And again, that's a communal call of you know, our relationship with God is also linked with our relationship to one another. Now, of course, we're all in individual relationships with God, but... Uh, as we read in Scripture, we're all linked to one another in that single relationship that we have with God, and there is a real uh, kingdom ethic involved in our lives that we have to, as forgiven people, we need to forgive people. And uh, verse 14 and 15 highlight that reality to say, this is what this is the kingdom ethic. This is how your behavior is going to be altered 
uh, when you have a relationship with God, with that new heart and the Holy Spirit in your life, is you're going to forgive others or trespasses as your Heavenly Father has forgiven you. And the, the antithesis to that is if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. It's that reminder that communal living requires this, uh, this truth that I'm going to forgive. Seven times? As, and Jesus says, no, seven times 70. You're going to forgive as many times as necessary as your Heavenly Father has forgiven you and cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. And I think it even points to what you said earlier with, and uh, also in Matthew, I think it's Matthew chapter 9, the, har- you know, the, uh, he pray for laborers for the harvest, and he sends them out in Matthew 10. And, you know, for we're asking for God's name to be set apart, his kingdom to come, his rule to be like it is in heaven. And what does it look like? Us forgiving one another. Right. And so one aspect of that right. prayer being fulfilled is us forgiving one another. Right. And it's not this liberal idea of realized eschatology either, of this mm-hmm. idea that we're not awaiting a kingdom to come. We are the kingdom that's come, you know. Uh, and and, I, and I'm not, we're not here to say that here's the kingdom. The kingdom is you being good and you being virtuous and you forgiving. That's the kingdom that God, Jesus came to usher in. It's like, no, there is a real kingdom that Christ has come to usher in, but there is a real ethical uh, command in uh, the Gospel of Matthew and the rest of the New Testament that tells us as kingdom people and as a kingdom outpost, uh, we are uh, asking for that will of God to be done here as it is in heaven because that's what the kingdom people do. We live according to God's will, and that is his will is forgiveness. And if his will is to forgive us for our sins, then his will is that we forgive one another as we are reflections of of uh, his forgiveness and our forgiveness interpersonally with other people. Awesome. All right. Well, um, life groups. We are back. Back uh, this week. Back this week. So, is there any uh, life group stuff that we have? We just met. Yeah, we just met. You guys. Uh, I'm just so grateful for those of you who were there. For those of you who weren't, because you're on vacation. I just uh, we're praying for you to get back safely. Uh, and so we can get rolling here. We got a lot of leaders being invested in right now for leaders and apprentice leaders. And uh, we want you guys, if you're feeling a little bit uh, worn, we want you, hey, let's get let's get excited about what God's doing here. If you need some refreshing, we'd love to be praying for that for you. So reach out to us. And those of you who went on vacation, we're just grateful that you got a time to get away. We're looking forward to you getting back here and getting underway uh, with us this week as all of our midweek ministries jump back on and next week. I mean, mm-hmm. we are getting here down to the wire. Um, so what announcements do we have? Well, I just want to remind you guys in your application questions, there are 12 questions. That's a lot of questions. Don't feel like you have to answer all the questions. You should do some homework beforehand and pick some questions that you think are going to be most helpful for your life group to get through and then spend some time getting through those. As far as announcements go, we have staff updates. We want to, and we, as we talked about in service, uh, a little bit of uh, transition going on here at our church. We have Jordan Murphy, who's heading off to seminary at Midwestern Theological Seminary in Kansas City. Yeah, buddy. And so we're looking forward to what God's going to do with him over the next couple of years there. And with that being said, we have a hole in our student ministry that Pastor Evan is going to fill as he takes over our student ministry, which that in and of itself will also create a gap in our kids' ministry in which we have brought Kat Flores on full-time as our kids' ministry coordinator. And her role will be uh, to coordinate 
all of the administrative uh, and organizational tasks of our kids' ministry, both in Sunday mornings uh, and uh, midweek kids' ministry, as well as camps throughout the summer, and our uh, kids' choir in December. Uh, And she'll be in charge of all those things, kids' ministry, while she works underneath uh, me as the as the pastor who will, I will oversee kids ministry from a pastoral perspective, but Kat will be leading the day-to-day uh, responsibilities of our uh, Compass Kids, and we're so grateful to have her on board. If you see her, uh, welcome her and congratulate her. We're so grateful to have her here. I feel like that's a football play by an offensive coordinator. Like pass protection, gaps open, and this person oh, fills that's in. That's funny. Yeah, slide over. Yeah. Uh, we have our back-to-school bash coming up August the 20th. That's next Sunday after Woo-hoo! the 11 a.m. Hey, uh, Life Group leaders, you know, I don't know how many people are going to be there. I can imagine it's going to be a lot. And so if you're uh, someone and you don't mind, we would love for you and maybe some chosen uh, selected few from your Life Group leaders to attend the 9 a.m. It's a good doctrine on election right there. There you go. 9 a.m. service is going to be light, obviously, because of the celebration. But if you could... Help us alleviate some of that pressure we're going to feel at the 11 by coming to the 9 a.m. We want you back, obviously, after the 11 a.m. service, but we need some of our highly committed participants to give us some room at the 11 by coming to the 9 a.m. So I didn't want to announce it to the whole church, but I think for some of you guys who understand and, and could help us do that, you would. We have a women's breakfast coming up on August the 26th, coming up in two weeks. Uh, we want to remind you of that as we continue in the book of James. We have our baptism services coming up August 27th and October the 15th. Uh, August 27th is now full, so we are full in August 27th. In a couple of weeks, we have that baptism. And then August 15th, our baptism registrations are open for them. So if you have anyone you know who needs to get baptized, have them uh, sign up for our baptism service on October the 15th. Compass Midweek, like we said earlier, is is upon us August 23rd. So if you need to register for Adventure Club, be sure that your life groups do that. And reminder that we are full steam ahead in just another week. All right, life group leaders, we're grateful for you. We love you. We're thankful for what you're doing here, how God is using you by his uh, mercy and grace that you are being a vessel useful for his kingdom. So we look forward to seeing you guys again soon. We'll talk to you next week.